At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Joel Elkanen and Dennis Dick. Lots of news today. We've got new tariffs, this time on Europe. We have deliveries from Tesla, earnings from Pepsi, Bed Bath Beyond, Constellation Brands, Costco also after the close today. And uh, GoPro with some, even when it's good news, it's bad news for them. New products, bad guidance on GoPro as Joe likes to call it, uh, go low. So we got a lot to get to on our show. Our guest, Mark Chaking, will join us at 8.15. In the meantime, Joel, fill us in on what has happened here overnight. Uh, We're still green, not by much as we were. Pre-market high, 94.50. I'm just going to keep an eye on uh, 2,900. Nice round number like that. On On the downside here, 74 even. Yesterday's low, we haven't reached there yet. 78. So hang in there, folks. Will 28.74. We got a chance to rally. Crude up fifth down 15 cents, 52.49. Gold back over 1500, not by much, up a buck at 1509.80. Silver in the red by 1.8 cents, and Bitcoin holding another whole number, not by much, 8,230. Let's bring in uh, bring in Triple D. How you doing? I'm here. I'm here. I'm doing pretty well. You're doing well big, today? You're not going to complain? Big hockey game last night. The Oilers won. Wow. I, I have I have an announcement. David. Today. Are you ready? You ready for the announcement over your hockey talk? What do you have? Okay. Are you sitting down? Yes. Okay. That, that's apparent. So, you know, you know, my birthday's on Saturday. I don't like to talk about my birthday much, right? Because yeah, you're getting old. Yeah. Lisa is already regretting the birthday present she got me. How do you know what she got you? Because I picked it out. I wanted it. Guess what I got? What do you have? This isn't your birthday yet. You shouldn't even know. Okay, what are you getting? He's what are you getting? The wings. I got an iWatch. Oh, my God. Joe got an, an Apple. iWatch? Joe got an Apple Watch. I, I got oh an my iPhone God. watch. Like are you going to become a runner? I don't know. I She is so – I'm talking into it. I'm, like, trying to work it. You already have it? You I can't get it. your birthday present before your birthday. 
uh, I had to go out there and I spent two and a half hours at the help desk. I drove the guy absolutely crazy. They had to update my phone, first of all, because I have a really old phone. Um, but I'm going to learn how to work this puppy. And I just think it's it's good. It's, you know, it, there's some health things on there that I track. You track your sleep. I see people. Yes, it's waterproof, Spinner. But you have to change it to the water mode. So it's going to take me a while to do it. I'm a watch guy. You know, I love watches, right? So I got an Apple iPhone watch. And I want to get rid of my phone. But Lisa's keep telling me that you still need your phone, which I'm a little disappointed about. But You uh, want to just talk in your phone. Yeah, but it's a sporty band and everything. I'm wearing it today. She wanted me to put it. Uh, so you're telling me to get long more Apple because they're getting a big sale this quarter coming up. Well, even if even Joel, or was that last quarter's numbers? Wait, when did you buy it? It's important information. Yesterday. Oh, so it is. So it's going to be for this quarter. Yes. I think the point is, if even Joel was on board, then then we know it's mainstream. <laughs> it means everybody's got it now. Joel gets it. Means everybody's got it. I mean, sell, sell, sell. Well, it's a top. 56 degrees out right now it's the top when you got your gopro camera that was the very top i don't have a gopro <laughs> man and i don't my neighbor came camera. over and had two gopro cameras he's like this is awesome that was the very top it really was for real when you have your neighbor come over and he gives you two he shows you two gopro cameras he doesn't just have one he has two that's the top that's when you sell that was when it was 90 dollars. so it's a good segue if anybody in the chat has um, one of these, could you give me a call or text me or something? Because I need some help figuring this thing out, man. There's no technology and Joel don't go hand in hand. I'm gonna figure this as out. we've seen when he runs the show. Sometimes it's not pink. It's nice. Can you see? What it? color is it? Uh, it's a gray, uh, metallic, silver, blue band, and it's I got a black face. It kind of changes on on the fly and stuff. But so yeah. you got to get on Strava now, and we're gonna run. So you're not just going to be a swimmer. You'll be a runner. Um, I don't know about that. But you know what? I've taken up enough enough of our precious time here. So what do you want to do? do you're you impressed to... with this new watch. No, we got to go GoPro. So we just we just hinted at it. Um, yep, your favorite stock, Joel. Down 17% here last night. Um, this stock, and, and obviously this morning here, is trading down 17%. Spencer, give us the headline here. It doesn't look Good. Right. So they announced uh, some new products, actually, and one of them, the Hero 8 uh, Black, due to a late stage production delay, is being shifted from the third quarter uh, to the fourth quarter. But along with those new product announcements, they also said, oh, by the way, we're cutting our guidance for the second half of 2018. Oh. Adjusted EPS guidance for the second half of the year. Uh, was lowered from a range of 37 to, to 49 cents to 33 to 39 cents. Sales growth, sales growth was lowered from 9 to 12% to 6 to 9%. Uh, that was for the second half of the year. The full-year guidance obviously also cut. Q, uh, Q3 sales guidance uh, cut by a lot. The Q3 sales guidance was $308 million. Now it is $123 to $127 million. So they cut their Q3 sales guidance by essentially half. The old cut the guidance more than, trick. More than half. More than the half. old cut the guidance trick, Joel. It's never usually good for the stock. And in this case, it is holding true. Uh, this stock showing a little bit of life with this laggard became leader rally. Laggards are laggards for a reason, though, and they eventually start to lag again. And now there's a stock that's going right back down near the lows. I don't know. 
Um, I'm not a fan. I think the story, the ship has sailed for most GoPro longs. I think every rally is still to be sold, including the one we had recently. This is a sell-off, so I am not a dip buyer in GoPro. And uh, if you guys want to look up something good, the uh, JP Morgan let the founder of GoPro out of his covenant to sell stock like around 90, 95. Look that up. I, it's just unbelievable they let him do that. And he's laughing all the way to the bank on this one. Uh, boy, uh, we're trading down in the pre-market, but off the pre-market low. I'll give you the pre-market low comes in at uh, around $4 here. Let me see. The low on that bar was 4.06. So there's your pre-market low. Uh, the recent low of the move in September comes in at 362. So, I mean, it's already down a lot. I don't know if we'll see that 362 today. We'll see if any buyers uh, step up to cover shorts around the, around the pre-market low. Kind of looks like you even got a buyer here at 420. This is over the last hour. but uh, I mean, anybody who was short, and there's a point to be made here, it really ripped. So you're like, oh, thank goodness I'm out, but or you can get out. But I just think the long-term story here is still in a lot of peril. So that's why I'm just not coming in I mean, here. Especially with the... Uh, uh, wait, is there a camera on the watch? Do you know? No. On your Apple Watch? No. Yeah, there's not no, there's no. I don't, I don't have Should one. Be. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have one. But I'm just saying, at well, Apple. okay. Let's see if you can take a picture of yourself. Do a selfie right now. Maybe I don't really know. But yeah, um, maybe you're taping this right now. Maybe you're recording and uploading. It. No, I'm not. I I'm, see I'm, you I'm, on YouTube. Maybe it's coming from your watch. Okay. We digress. Let's go to Tesla. This is story of at least last night. Tesla numbers everybody's waiting for, and they have indeed disappointed. Right. So the good news uh, is it was a record quarter for them in terms of uh, production and deliveries. They produced 96,155 cars and delivered about 97,000 cars last quarter. Those are both records for the company. The bad news is they were both below the estimate, and Elon Musk had said it uh could be they could exceed a hundred thousand well there was a leaked email that was saying right. something about a hundred thousand and we don't know if that was true or not obviously it was not true because they didn't quite get to the hundred thousand number so, right. so uh, they the, did not beat the leaked email numbers right and also uh, i heard from shubs over here that the, the consensus estimate was at 98 or ninety-nine thousand uh cars so they missed the consensus and they missed the hundred thousand mark in that leaked email so record quarter but not as good as expectations still it remains range bound, um, 220 to 245. That's been the range here for the last couple of months. I guess you keep looking at that. So at 232, you're in the middle. So I'm not striking either way. But I will say, I'm never selling Tesla down 10 bucks. It just seems like they buy it on bad news sometimes, anyways. So no position. I did cover those options, Joel. And, you know, maybe the trader in me got nervous there. Um, it had the little rally there the last few days, and I used that opportunity to um, cover my uh, puts, my sold puts. So I have no position on Tesla again, although I'm looking to reinitiate and resell puts again. So Nice, nice trade. Yeah, I may come back in. Jeremy Newsom covered, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it too. I booked a nice little gain on the options, 30% gain, I believe it was, and I'm going to, well, maybe not quite that. It wasn't quite as good as Jeremy because I was out so far, but it was over a 20% gain. So it was good. It was good. Uh, pre-market. I'm going to go back in, I think, though. Right, 28.43. That's your pre-market low. Uh, actually, you call it an after-hours low. And you hit that. And then on your daily, I see one number there. And that number comes in at 27.40. So you're five bucks above it. So I'll call it 27.5, 28 uh, buy zone. 
um, on the upside here. Big, big gap. Nah, not that huge gap. I think your resistance now will come in at 240. That is the area of yesterday's low, 239.43, uh, but definitely a trading range and heading back towards the lower end of the trading range. If they really get carried away in this one, Dennis, and it gets down anywhere around 210, 211, 212, you got a, you got a, tr a trio of lows. It's just called 212. That's number on the downside. But if you look at the after hours chart, I mean, this thing got hit and it's kind of stabilized here now. So it doesn't look like they're just coming in here and sell, sell, sell. Sometimes yep. when you look at these pre-market charts and you see the stock just leaking, 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 you're like, oh, this hasn't even stopped going down yet. I mean, this numbers came out just after the bell. And so we've had, you know, eight hours of pre-market and after hours session to digest those numbers. And we really haven't even went back down to test the initial spike low. So it seems to be finding its home here down 10 bucks. I mean, anything can happen. We're going to have probably a wild day of trade here again, too, with the overall market volatility, which we can talk about in a second. But um, I, I, I think as of now, I don't see this thing going down and just starting cascading down to the 220 today. Yeah, I, I agree with you here because on these charts, I mean, someone missed the low at 28.40. And then they went to sleep and they woke up this morning. And they're like, I'm not going to get this at 2840. And they started bidding around the 230 range. And you could just see, you know, on, on the 15 minute chart. And that's why you know, a lot of times you can tell that 15 minute chart when someone just, you have a step yep. down seller. I wouldn't really call it a step up buyer. I just call it a patient buyer here trying to bring stock in 22840 to, you know, 230 area. So, one thing I wanted to note yesterday, which was very interesting to me, is you know it felt like an everything sell-off yesterday. It really did. But if you really look under the hood, and I took some time to look under the hood, you know what held up well yesterday? Your high beta. Your high yes, they did. The Roku's, the Shopify's. Yes, some of them were down, but you know, like Chewy, C H W Y, actually ended up closing green. Um, you know, some of the recent IPOs like Pinterest. Ended up closing green. These things have been hit so hard. Another one was Slack Technologies, work, which is WORK. A lot of these stocks actually, for some reason, held up well in a terrible tape yesterday. So that's telling me one of two things. It's not a, this market is not as nervous as it is. Maybe it's seller exhaustion in all those stocks because they've all been hit really hard. But, you know, I was on, on the record yesterday saying I like Roku here uh, leaning on the 98 low. I mean, you got down to 99, 98, so 100 bucks yesterday, and it held. You know what? It's still holding here this morning, despite us being down. Roku's actually trading in the greens. So, showing some life is some of those high flyers from you know August. And if we are to turn, it will be those high flyers, I believe, that lead us out. So, if you are looking to buy stocks here, I'm actually interested in those Shopify's and Roku's right now. Now, I mean, if the market turns over and we, we solve another 500 Dow points here today, it's probably going to drag everything down with it. But if we do turn on this market, look for those leaders to maybe, those leaders from August to maybe start leading again here. Look at that. You have three of your last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You have three of your last eight lows in the 98 handle. You have another high. Defined risk. 99. Yeah. There it is. I mean, I'm actually, I'm looking at this chart. Also, I really like you had the gap fill from August, right? Yeah. So you more than filled that. I mean, Definitely identifiable out. I mean, it's yeah. good to retrace some of this move someday, right? We went. It one, could. I mean, one, look, we've lost 70 points. Does it still make sense at evaluation here? No, I don't think so. I'm not sticking to my long-term investment portfolio. But as a trade, I like it here. 
the swing trade. I said it yesterday. I liked it. And you know what? In a terrible tape, you wouldn't have actually lost money on it. So actually, relatively speaking, it was good yesterday. And maybe it holds up here again. Maybe eventually they start to roll over. And if you start to lose one of Shop or Roku, they probably all fall. But we saw the stocks don't make money in the Kramers when, you know, saying that the ones that don't make money, these have been, you know, ones you got to stay away from. I'm going to say right now, this morning, right now, those are starting to show some life again. They haven't shown life for, you know, the better part of September. But in the last couple of days, they're starting to show that they've stopped going down. So is this a pause to go lower? Maybe, but that was a really bad tape. You would have thought if they were wanted to go lower, they had every excuse to do it yesterday and they did not. So I'm looking at the Pinterest. I'm looking at the Roku. I'm looking at the Shopify's and saying, I'll lean on the lows of the recent move, especially in Roku. It's more defined here, but you can lean on Pinterest too and say, hey, the low of the move is 2514 of this recent move. If I want to buy here in the 26 handle today, I risk myself a buck. Maybe this thing can rally back a couple of dollars. I like the Roku setup better because it fell so far. I feel like Roku could rally 10 bucks in a heartbeat. And, you know, everybody would be like, whoa, it's back. I think Roku's setting up. As, as, now, if it takes out the low, all bets are off. That's, you know, a defined risk. That's what, it, you know, is about having contingency plan in your trading and knowing where your out is. Takes out the low of the move, I'll be out of the trade. I'm not in it yet, but I sh probably should have bought it yesterday. It was just such a terrible tape. I was scared of everything. But I'm looking at this. I kind of like this from the long side. Let's get Mark Chaikin's thoughts on this. Mark Chaikin, yeah. who's the founder of Chicken Analytics, joins us every other Thursday. Mark, uh, are you also watching some of these high beta, volatile uh, tech names like Roku, Shopify, did, Pinterest? Did you see that action yesterday that all of those stocks, a lot of them actually closed higher? Did I think that? that was short covering. I'm going to take the opposite side of okay. your trade here, uh, particularly on Roku. Where everybody's talking about the brokerage wars. We've actually got the streaming wars going on. Yeah. And it isn't, it isn't pretty. Uh, it started when Disney announced their new package. Excuse me one second. We're moving uh -oh. and there's dust everywhere. I encourage everybody to keep reading on the Kindle. And, and much as I love real books, don't buy books because when you move them, there's dust galore. It ain't good for your allergies. But back to Roku. Uh, I think there was short covering going on yesterday afternoon in these names. Uh, from Workday to Pinterest to Roku. But the streaming wars to me are really interesting because these are big games that everybody's in. And they're, so far, there are all losers in there. Um, from Apple to Disney to Netflix to Roku, I think you've got a, a group that's just under pressure. Uh, Comcast, which is partially a streaming, so they're not totally dialed in. They will be, I think, though. They're the winner. Well, the big winner is Akamai, by the way. We can get back to that. But what bothers me in this space is you've got so many players now and nobody really knows what the economics uh, are going to, how the economics are going to hold up. I will tell you this. This is just gut instinct. Based on Apple's first offerings, this is such plain vanilla, tepid, appeal to the family kind of content. I don't think Apple's going to make a dent against Netflix or even Amazon Prime, who are really making cutting edge stuff. Well, there's a, so if you think Apple may not compete, I'm not sure if you think Disney's going to compete or not, but what are your thoughts on Netflix? Because Netflix actually had an okay day yesterday too. I mean, this stock has really been whacked. I mean, the valuation, I've been on the record saying, I think it eventually goes under 200, but I'll say in the short term here, it looked okay yesterday too. It held up. Some of these big high flying tech names held up and Netflix did too. Maybe it's a short covering again yesterday, but I mean, a day that the Dow's down 500 and I see a stock close green, I think, hey, there's a little relative strength going on. 
There is. I'd rather see that happen in a stock that was in an uptrend instead of a stock that was making lower lows. So right. I, I, I've never been a fan of Netflix, as you know. The cost of content is so high. They're totally dependent on the capital markets to keep it going. You know, Roku didn't have a, doesn't have profits. Netflix arguably doesn't have profits, uh, free cash flow. So if you're bearish on the market or at least negative and you think the window may close, uh, in the capital markets, which companies are not going to survive? You know, is, is WeWork's going to survive? Is Uber going to survive? Uh, th this, the good news is we didn't have froth at the top. We had fear in all these names. So they've been coming down. And that's why I think we're probably not heading into a bear market. But these stocks are so conflicted uh, in terms of the difference between what I'll call the private market value and their need for cash, that I think this is a, uh, a game that's hard to play. One thing you should realize in Roku, a big part of that up move, in addition to the momentum players, was Motley Fool. Motley Fool pounded the table on that stock, and they did extraordinarily well in the $60 range back in April, May. And the fools don't get out. That's their whole raison d'etre. You stay through thick and thin, and then eventually you get a 10-bagger or a 20-bagger. But the public has a pain point, and I think you saw the pain point last week. I mean, uh, Roku's come down so far. And just to clarify, like my long-term thesis is I don't like the valuation. I'm not a fan of Roku in your long-term portfolio, but I am a trader at heart. And I look at this and I think, well, it stopped going down, and I can lean on a couple lows there at 98 and say, maybe I get a shot at this upside, I risk myself five bucks. And if it takes up those lows in the move, I'm going to get out. But if it, you know, starts to show some life here, which it did yesterday, it tried to, it's just such a bad tape. So, you know, I'm short-term bullish, but long-term bearish, if that makes any sense at all. It does. Well, let's, let's look at seasonality then, because uh, I have uh, modified my short-term view of the market. You know, I've been extraordinarily bullish uh, by the dips for the last six months, even in the May and August declines. We broke some key support levels yesterday at 2940 the previous day and then 2900. We're in October. Uh, some people have documented why. I don't want to talk about that because it's, you know, like conspiracy theories. But there's been a myth that September is the bad month, not October. Could not be further from the truth. So whereas we might find a short-term low here, we're at risk at a minimum of a 10% decline. You know, we've always labeled six to 10% declines in the S&P as pullbacks. They typically last a month and then they're over and recover to new highs. Well, 10% takes you down uh, 300 points to uh, 2730. And it doesn't have to happen in one gulp, although it usually does in October. So let's say we bounce here off the 2830, 2850 level and we rally and the rally fails, end of month, we could be seeing 10% down to 2,700. The uptrend would still be intact, 2,700, 2,730. The uptrend would still be intact, but that's why I think bottom fishing here, you gotta be really nimble and be prepared to view these as one and a half to three day trades if we get a bounce. It's well, hard when you lose 800 Dow points in two days, I mean, to call the exact bottom because you know it's gonna be wild and 
obviously, you know, there's going to be a few people who are underwater too. So as you get a bounce, you have natural sellers who are people maybe were trying to buy the dip on the first day and are burned here right now. So it's not easy sledding to just climb right back up. One thing I would say is the consumer is still strong. Home building numbers are positive. The ISM manufacturing number was clearly a downer. Um, it's sort of a 50-50 toss. If it goes below 45, it's game over. You're actually in a recession. But we stopped at, what was it, 40.478. At that point, it's a 50-50 toss about whether you go to a recession or not or you bounce. So that number doesn't bother me. What bothers me here is the president. I, I, I just want to clarify one thing. Uh, historically speaking, October is the most volatile month for the S&P, but September is the worst performing month of the year for the S&P 500. October has the volatility. September actually has the, the worst performance. Uh, but Mark, it, it does seem like the market is nervous right now. You mentioned the, the weak uh, manufacturing data. Uh, do you get that sense as well that we're all just sort of sitting on the edge of our seats here? Well, I think it's, uh, it's actually pretty fundamental. Uh, political upheaval in Washington doesn't cause bear markets historically. Recessions do. And every time you get a number that has a whiff of recession attached to it, uh, the bears come out. But even more important, that number was forecast by Janet Yellen over the weekend. Janet Yellen said the Fed is overestimating the strength of the US economy. Now, what does that mean? It means interest rates are gonna to have to drop. If interest rates drop, that hurts small caps and it hurts financials. And you know, a lot of small caps are in the financials are in the small cap indices. So the leaders that suddenly looked like they were getting traction, like the banks, JP Morgan, made a new all time high, I think it was a week ago, suffer. So. I, I want to take it up to the political level, which I rarely do. President Trump is under siege. We know that. It's a fact. What does he do? He, when he's cornered, he lashes out. What he can't do right now is give us those wonderful bullish tweets on China trade because he's obsessed with defending himself. Oh, good point. And so, and what are the Chinese doing? These are the shrewdest gamblers on the planet. You ever, uh, you know, met, been to Hong Kong or Macau, they're just dialed in gamblers. They can read people. So what's happening here? The Chinese are looking and saying, hmm, this guy was tough, uh, but now he's got other, other things on his fry. mind. The Chinese, yeah. which were inclined to wait him out anyway, because everybody said there's unlikely to be a trade deal before the election. They're just sitting there watching, thinking, gee, we may be dealing with someone else in six months. So I think that's a problem. And also the reaction to the EU, which the W Trade Organization yesterday, which in theory was favorable, which said, yeah, we've been uh, hurting the US with these tariffs. So you can put 7.8 billion in tariffs on Airbuses. Well, what does Trump do? Not only put tariffs on Airbuses, but on Scotch whiskey and cheese, it's gonna escalate. And I, think that the two things that have helped the market rebound above 3,000 in the S&P have been Chairman Powell's dovish stance, which basically said, yeah, we overreacted, so we'll give you that July rate cut, but that's it. That's now off the table. Um, I think there's going to be more rate cuts, uh, which I had not thought. And number two, uh, positive developments that we get 
basically via tweets from President Trump, I just see is less likely that we're going to see these in the month of October. And Spencer, just to clarify, yes, there's volatility in October, but there are also crashes. That's why I don't buy this September as the worst month. Uh, 1987, 1997, two, uh, 1998, 2008, the market crashes in October. It doesn't crash every October, but when it does crash, it's October. And right. the good news is they tend to be V-shaped bottoms. So I'm concerned about how this market finds support, what stimulates a rally other than short covering. You've passed the beginning of the month when typically, you know, new money goes into pension plans and so forth. So I think October is dicey for the market. I wish it had played out differently, but this is the, these are the cards we've been dealt. Uh, Mark, one thing I want to hit on uh, before I let you go is you, you sort of teased it earlier. Uh, why is uh, Akamai, A-K-A-M, why are they the, the big winner here of the streaming wars? You sort of teased well, that. They make the technology. They're not content uh, creators. They make technology that enables faster streaming over the internet. So if you've got streaming content like Netflix and Disney will and uh, Amazon Prime and Ro you know I don't, Roku, Roku's not into content yet, but they're a bundler. Um, you need technology like Akamai. The chart is magnificent. It's a you know it is late, late in the game. Stock is long in the tooth, but at the right price, I think Akamai is a clear cut winner. I I don't know who the content streaming bundling winner is going to be. I can tell you it's not going to be Apple in my view. And, I just, I don't think there's an appetite for these Ozzy and Harriet kind of films that they're starting to promote. You know, that's Disney's domain. What's Apple doing there? Yeah, yeah. I see, you're I see you right. laughing. No, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right about Harriet that. reference. No, Mark, I just, this whole streaming thing to me, I mean, how much time do you spend on your phone streaming on a daily basis? Because I can tell you, I spend no time. I mean, I don't watch TV. I don't, I mean, is yeah, it but just, lots of other people do. Really? Yeah. A little oh, yeah. thing like that? But you're no. not the target market, no. Joel, I, either. It might it, not be it, the it, phone. The younger, the younger generation oh, does. I, I stream on my TV. Might not be the phone, yeah. but I stream on my iPad. If I, I stream. Yeah. I'm streaming, yeah. too. You, you, I'm streaming the iPad. But If but, Joel I, starts streaming, that's the top. I'll tell you what, if Joel starts streaming on his Apple Watch, then, then, then that's really, the top. Sell everything. Really in trouble. I'll, I'll give you another. I like these anecdotal uh, observations when they tie in with technicals. Let me just throw one name into the yeah. mix. Goldman Sachs and Marcus. I was driving, believe it or not, taking some paint cans to the uh, dump, in essence, the reclamation center. They won't pick them up in the garbage here in Philadelphia. Okay. And I happened to listen to a Marcus commercial. It was singularly the worst commercial I've ever heard. Some 1960s hippie saying, wow, this is like when I got my first uh, dead t-shirt. You know, it's great. I don't know what they're doing. They're trying to appeal to millennials with 1960s, 70s hippies vibes. Uh, if Goldman Sachs can't do better than that in a radio commercial, 
The only thing I know about Marcus is they have the highest in, or near the highest interest rates on their money market accounts. That, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty much the only thing I know about them. But uh, no. I know they do have high interest rates. So that's a good thing. That's um, a good thing. Bad but, commercials, high interest rate. Okay. At least, you know, this is subjective. It's the worst commercial I've ever heard <laughs> on the radio. All right. Mark Chaikin is the founder of Chaikin Analytics, longtime market veteran. Like every other Thursday, Mark, as always, thanks for your time. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. All right. Next week in Connecticut, guys. All Big right. change. Have a good one. Be good. All right. Uh, what did he say you saw the commercial for? Mar Marcus by Goldman Sachs. It's their um, it's their banking arm. It's their oh, like retail banking arm. Yeah. Okay. I didn't get the name of that. Yeah. Okay. S&P holding in here, folks. Uh, yep. so Twenty eight seventy four. That was your low from yesterday. Pre that's being defended right now in the pre market trading. Twenty eight seventy eight. Your low. We're up three and a half handles. Uh, so it's good. I mean, staying green here. Stayed above yesterday's low. Boom. If you, uh, we take that out, what do I have? I have 28.53.50, but, uh, but that, that's the only level. Underneath 28.74, let's see if it holds. So it's back over here. Um, we, we could go ratings. Where do you want to go? No, 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 no. Let's go. Do the you want to do the earnings? Yeah, do the earnings here. So Okay, we got three big ones. Yeah, let's start with yesterday. So we'll go to Bed Bath & Beyond here, BBBY. Uh, they were out after the close at around 4.15. Q2 just EPS, 34 cents. That beat the 29 cent estimate. Sales missed 2.71 versus $2.76 billion. Full year EPS uh, coming in at a range of $2.08 to $2.13. So the earnings beat, I think that guidance may have been a smidge light. And uh, the story is they're down 4%. The story is this needs to hold 950 because if 950 goes, there's nothing below it. So I know it was trading below that after hours last night. It has rallied back up to hold 950. That is the key level for me. I don't like the ta the fact that the last rally brought it right up to 11 on the kisser again, which we talked about. Um, I think if you go back to the show before that, I was like, there's room to 11 here. Um, and I actually got to 11 right on the kisser, 10, well, 1098, we'll call it 11 bucks and then turned around ahead of the number, then the number's disappointing. Below 950, this could just start cascading. Once a dog, always a dog. I'm just not a fan of this company at all. I think the recent rally was just the laggard rally, so everybody buying everything that was beaten up, and I don't think this company is turning it around anytime soon. Uh, great area. I mean, you can't argue with that. Your pre-market low uh, comes in at... 9 9 30. Uh, actually you got a 9 20 print in there but go to the dailies here this is the stuff dennis and i look at i mean you had a buyer for how many days in a row at the 950 area one two three four five six seven eight days in a row so you don't know if they were just scalping and dumped it out at 11 here but that 950 is a big area also, if you're a retracement fan here and you think, oh, I missed the rally, but I want to buy it on a 50% retracement, you had a little bit less than a, um, almost a four-point move. So let's call, it, let's call it two or just under that. That, that would take you up to the nine, oh, 950, 960, just a lot, of, a lot of confluence there. Let's see if Triple BY can hold that off the open. Then this morning you get PepsiCo. It is trading higher here. I don't like buying anything that's in this tape right now that's coming back up near the highs. So I'm probably going to be a fader of the move. Although we've seen, you know, I don't know if I'm coming in here and shorting it, but if I was long, everybody who was in this yesterday is getting their money back all of a sudden. It is the kind of stock that can rally in a weak tape, although they were hitting all those stocks yesterday here too. So give us the numbers on Pepsi and then make our final determination whether we like it or not. Yeah, the headline numbers were good. 
EPS beat a buck fifty six versus a buck fifty. Sales beat seventeen point one nine versus sixteen point nine three billion. So beat and a beat, and the uh, full year adjusted EPS guidance was essentially in line. They two cents light. Five fifty was what they said. Five fifty two was the estimate. Joel, what do you think on this? I mean, one thirty eight is. Yeah, huge I'm just gonna for the ask. You, can you see the book that far away? There's no buckets NASDAQ. They, they pulled the rug out from under us here, and they moved this to the NASDAQ a number of years ago. So the PEP three symbols doesn't work trick on this one. It is a NASDAQ issue. So, I mean, you have the NASDAQ total view. I don't see anything on NASDAQ total view. Typically on size, you see more on the NYSE legacy exchange where, you know, you get the NYSE open book, you might see some sellers there. But, you know, it doesn't mean they're not there. So 138, when it trades through oh, on the there. kisser, Often means of maybe an institutional algo lightening up there. So I'm gonna say 138. That's my my resistance. Point. Yeah, I mean the old time high is 139.30, uh, but your old time closing high is 138.39. And then I just see those couple moves over 138. You popped over there near that area two or three times. So if I was like on this thing and I would like, okay, I want to my first target. That would be the 138. I'm going to even step up ahead at like 137.75, something like that, 138. Uh, if it does get a pop, I mean, at the all-time high, I'd use that as another target at 139.18. That was made just on uh, September 4th. So kind of agree with you yesterday on, on this one, just based on yesterday's price action. Like, holy smokes. You get Everybody gets their money back all of a sudden on a good report. I'm not buying it. I don't know if I'm shorting it because this is the kind of stock, like I said, that could just keep going. I've seen that happen before. But if I was long, I'd probably say thank you for giving me my money back that I lost yesterday. Then the last one we have here uh, is Constellation Brands, STZ. How's that? Reporting, uh, reporting this morning, EPS excluding canopy growth is a two dollars and ninety one cents versus a two dollar and. Why, why do they exclude canopy growth? It, well, it's it's an investment of theirs, right? So they're just excluding any earnings from that. Because uh, oh, the earnings are negative for. Yeah, because it's a loss. Well, okay, that too. Two dollars ninety one cents. We're like regretting <laughs> our, our huge purchase yeah. into yep. CGC right about now. Uh, okay, so the the EPS excluding canopy beat sales were in line. They raised their full year uh, EPS guidance also uh, by about forty cents from eight sixty five to nine dollars. And uh, yeah, you're right, canopy is a loss. So that that would be that would be why they excluded it. So this was trading up last night. I thought about going short in the report just because they were giving you a three dollar lead. The thing was trading up in the two hundred nine handle, but uh, I did not no position on it for me. It's trading 200 even. I don't know what to say. These things, you know, this obvious spirits maker here. It's usually not a stock that just gets killed, but it doesn't look great on the chart here either. And it does look like air below. So I wouldn't be coming. I'm not coming in here and buying it at 200. I'll say that. And uh, period of consolidation after you run out, taking it out the lower yeah, end. I'm kind of scared of this chart. I don't know. What do you, the only daily low, I think on this one, I would hold out for 196.63. That was your August 28th low. And you actually had a couple other lows right in that area. So I see 197 as well. So confluence there with the pre-market low. I like it. Pre-market low uh, at 96.80. So use that for a target. If it doesn't come to you, then you may be buying this thing on the rebound uh, in order to fill the gap from yesterday. Oof, long ways to go. Yesterday's low. 
204.31. So you might see that real quick if that, you know, get some buyers off the open. So look at that. 197.204 predicted trading range and constellation. I mean, I'm really kind of myself just analyzing here in the last minute. I'm really kind of swimming upstream here and no pun on streaming, but um, just because I'm ignoring, you know, it was a very weak tape and you have all markets, you know, media, especially Jim Cramer even last night saying, Oh, the defensive stocks, you know, they do well here. They can do well in this kind of environment. You know, he was pounding the table on MKC last night because it's the kind of stock that can actually go up in a poor tape. And we didn't see that yesterday. We saw Coca-Cola get whacked yesterday hard. We saw XLP get hit hard yesterday. We saw the XLU get hit hard yesterday. So we were not seeing, yesterday's sell-off wasn't your high-flying momentum names. That's why it wasn't typical. It was the stocks that, you know, this, some of the consumer staples, some of the stocks that are viewed as more defensive, even some of the more lower PE stocks were the ones getting hit. It wasn't the high flyers. So Pepsi Constellation brands kind of fit that bill of more defensive, you know, spirits maker, drinks, people drink pop and, you know, eat their potato chips no matter what. So I don't know if it's the kind of stock that I do want to be buying. It's crazy, but I don't mind the Roku's and the Shopify's here again with a tight leash. They start making new lows. I don't want them, but I feel like these are going to be the stocks. I think you're going to look at Roku and it's going to be up 10 bucks, you know, maybe one of these days and everybody's going to all of a sudden, you know, um, everybody's going to be talking about it again. Stock going down, performed well the last two days. Very poor tape. I mean, look at the SPY the last two days. Look at Roku the last two days. That's telling you that there is some buyers in here because the natural arbitrage hits that. So you have other buyers in there holding it up. Why? You know, is it short covering? Like Mark says, probably some short covering. But there may be other buyers in here too. So um, I don't like the Pepsis and the Constellation brands here. I like more of the Rokus and the Shopify's. Again, just on a tight leash, though. I don't want them to start making new lows. So if I was buying Shopify, I would not want to take out yesterday's low of 300. If I'm buying Roku, I don't want to take out the 98. If I'm coming in here, and I can give you some other names, like, you know, like Work, um, which is, uh, and, and these are not long-term plays. These are all short-term trades, but I liked the tape yesterday. I don't want to see it take out yesterday's low of 2212. So, you know, tight leash on all these, but I think if it turns, I don't think it's going to be the Pepsis and the McKessons and the Constellation brands that are going to lead us out of here. If we do turn higher, it is going to be the Rokus and the Shopify's that do it this time. I'm trying to come up with an acronym here because you mentioned Shopify and Roku about 42 times. No, I know on this show. And I've pound, I, obviously I'm I know, you know, I know. pounding then, the table. I think these stocks have stopped going down in the short run. And then so Mark got, took the other side of my trade. Um, Kramer was basically, you know, taking the other side of my trade last night was he was saying you can't own any of these new IPOs and high flyers. And I mean, I, I don't think he's read the recent tape action from yesterday because I, I've said all along, I don't want to own any of these stocks. It turned two days ago. They stopped going down. And they've started to consolidate a little bit. And maybe, again, we don't know. You know, the jury is still out here. If they start to have a, if they have a really bad day, I'm going to get out. But I just think you have defined risk here. Why not take a shot? Uh, we'll go, what do you think, Spinner? Spinner trades these things. What's his thoughts? Okay. We got S for Shopify. We got P for Pins. And we got R for Roku. So we need a vowel in here. And we can come up with our own acronym. I was going to add T for tw uh, for Twilio, but I, no. if you already... cloud stocks though are okay. and, and again I guess they fit the bell. You know what? We have a huge note we should talk about from SunTrust here today on the cloud stocks. So that could be a driver here as well because SunTrust came out and initiated or upgraded uh, a number of cloud issues. So they are starting Splunk out of buy, 
They are starting New Relic out of buy, initiating, I guess you say. They're starting Team TAM out of buy. They're upgrading OKTA. They're upgrading CRWD. All these stocks are trading higher. Zscaler, they're starting out of buy. NOW, they're starting out of buy. So you're actually seeing a lot of cloud stocks here trade higher this morning because that's SunTrust note. Yeah, but the full list of buys that they initiated this morning, Sale, S-A-I-L, it's a buy. Yep. Rapid7, RPD, that's a buy. Palo Alto Networks is a buy. Splunk, you mentioned now. You mentioned, yeah. I think, uh, Atlassian Team, T-E-A-M, that's a buy. New Relic, you mentioned. Zscaler, you mentioned. Yep. Uh, those are the buys this morning, the upgrades, Okta and CrowdStrike. And they didn't. Uh, Okta? Is that how you pronounce it? Okta, Okta. I don't okay. really know, honestly. Um, That's my O. I came up with my acronym. It's Sport. Shop these stocks all held up well yesterday, too, though, Joel. Yeah. I mean, Salesforce got hit. But, you know, we're, if we're looking, you know, and it's maybe one of the bigger names that everybody's trading. But if we look at the Splunkster, let's just, you know, just see how the cloud did. Sure. Nah, Splunk didn't really hold up that well. I'm just looking. At, New Relic didn't really go down. I mean, it's already had. It's like any WR already had its fall and its wash out there on the day that it turned around on a dime went up to fifty up to fifty eight dollars. A big green candle. They were closed very strong. I mean, that's been holding up since then. Zscaler, yeah, it's kind of holding in there. You have a low to lean on on Zscaler. I mean, if you're looking here. 4603 is the low of the move. It is trading higher here, but maybe a leak here. You get an overall market sell-off early or something. Maybe you get a I, shot at like the close settlement or something. Maybe you take that shot. Again, stopping out on the lows. I'm going to keep reiterating it. If they, you know, you've got to, whenever you put on a trade, you've got to have an out. And the out on from all me is for all these trades is the low of the recent move. While we're on the topic of ratings, uh, sure, there are a ratings. couple other ones here. Credit Suisse is upgrading Raytheon this morning to outperform. Raising their price target from 188 to 230. That's notable. Stock up two bucks. It's been a performer. I mean, it looks a little bit broken though, and 195 looks like it could be challenging. Overhead supply up there. Yeah, I see that. I mean, you you've popped up here. You went to 19 very light volume here, right near the highs of the pre-market. First things first, uh, let's get to, I don't even see anything on the dailies here, up to 197.05. I see a close at 196.19. That was your uh, your close on Monday. So I use that as a target. And then your high on uh, Tuesday was 97.05. And you know what? I'm really kicking myself. Who was asking me about Boeing in here? Uh, I know someone just kept on. I like. I remember like someone asked about a stock like four, five, six yeah. days in a row, and that that three eighty to three ninety zone. Maybe I was a little early at three eighty five, but top of the trading range. No, you know, no clarity about you know the the action. Yeah, still uncertainty there. Yeah, a lot of uncertainty. That was a gift there. Uh, gift three eighty. Yeah, that was a gift trading there, and even on the monthlies too. I guess with that kind of stock, you know, you got to give yourself, you know, 15, 20 points if you're trying to do a swing trade the way it moves. But boy, oh boy, that 380, you backed off there. Let's see, it's trading down in the pre-market. Uh, if you're looking for support in Boeing here, whew, 368, ooh, we're right there, right? No, we're even below that. 368 was the level, and then below that, 358.55, if you're looking for some support here in Boeing. Some downgrades this morning. I guess JMP has finally had it with Tesla. They're downgrading it to market perform. Uh, Sandler O'Neill downgrading one of your names, Joel Talman Centers, TCO, uh, to hold. And 
Delta Airlines, which amazingly reports earnings next oh. week for for the last quarter. Wow, the airlines. Earnings season is around the corner. Delta getting a downgrade this morning from Buckingham to neutral. Airlines got hit really hard the last two days. They were um, right oh. part of this Dow fall. And uh, Delta getting downgraded. I mean, these are big falls. Now, if you're coming here selling them now, maybe you're late to the party. But these are ugly charts and ugly trends. I mean, look at the Spirit Airways made a new low. Um, and if I'm going after for SAVE, this is a new, I believe, multi-year low here for SA. Well, going back 2018. So it's a new 52-week low for Spirit Air. But Spirit Air was a darling there as, as early as two months ago when it was up at 55. And look, 34 bucks. I mean, they uh, have turned on some stocks viciously. Yeah, wow. These, these airlines are tough. Uh, let's see. We're trading down uh, of 65 cents here at 53.70. Uh, you got to look at yesterday's low as a target here on the downside. That's 52.87, and I'll use the close as resistance. Minor resistance right now at 54.35, but listen, maybe you get a double bottom in here. On the monthlies, though, if you want to be a little bit more patient here, uh, you can wait and buy this thing maybe in the 51 handle. Three consecutive monthly lows from – April, May, and June. This is called 5140. So if you're looking for a little bit more downside in Delta Airlines, that's according to the monthly charts. What do you think of Amazon's chart? Here's a stock that has given back its entire June, July rally. It didn't really participate that much in the recent August rally, the August, September, when a lot of stocks went up and made new highs. It moved up 100 points, which seems like a lot, but really for Amazon, it's not that much. Now it's right back down here near the June lows. Yeah. First, uh, do we challenge that June low? And secondly, does it hold? 1672, right there. That's your June low. That's really the only thing that you have in there. Uh, besides that, nothing. 1672, you guys know. Important level. You know I'm not a big fan of uh, you know $1,700 stocks, but you lose that 1672 low, folks, and I cannot find a monthly low until 1586. Let's call it 1600. But first things first, let's see what happens at the at 1672. What do you guys do with Costco here? Due to report after the close today. Nothing ahead. Um, I'm nervous too, um, just because. The stock that's held up very, very well. I think 290 is just like a wall up there. So, is this a stock that needs to really blow it away to go higher? I think so. I think they need, and they, they're good. I mean, they blow it away a lot of times. So, maybe it does do it. Um, so, I think I'm just a no trade on this and no touch ahead of the report. Sometimes I like to play them long going into the reports. We know, like, I'd be long for a day or two ahead of the report with an anticipated run up. I guess it would have worked yesterday with Costco because it wasn't down, but. I don't know. It's a, it's a tricky tape here right now. Busy yesterday. Busy, busy, busy there. Parking lot was full. Uh, I had to get up there and get a few uh, stuff for the wedding, and it was busy. I mean, I had to even wait in line to check out. Uh, 280.34. Uh, that's a number on the downside. That's what I'm looking at in today's session. I think you'll find support if you do get to that level. And topped out just over 300. It actually didn't stay above 300 very, very long. Uh, you hit uh, 30. Uh, you had a close, only one close over 300 at 303.76. That's a ways away. If you do go into rally mode today, this call two. Well, let's look at 285.7. That's not too far away. 285.79. Then it opens up for three bucks. So, if you got any nervous Nellies out there short ahead of the report, 
above 85.79. There's really nowhere to hide until the uh, pair of highs. And this is called 88.60. So that's how it's shaping up here for Costco. Fun stuff from Spinner. Cannabis names are down 78% from their January 18th highs. 78%. You know what I'm, I just want to bring this up to, though, is the cannabis names actually look like they bought them yesterday to me. <laughs> so I know you were asking me about one specifically, Joel, and I still long-term, I think the valuations are all too extreme and competition's coming for them, so I don't want these in the long-term portfolio. But short-term, if I was short these things, I'd think about covering because we saw a kind of washout off the hop yesterday and then they all caught a bid. I don't know if there was a headline or something, but CGC rallied 2050 up to 2250. So you think about it here, 2150 this morning, 50% retracement of yesterday's move, leaning on the low. I don't mind it actually as a date, as a short-term swing trade long right now. Um, if you look at Afria, same story, washout low right, you know, a few minutes after the open and then a significant rally, over 10% rally intraday for Afria before selling off at the end of the day. ACB, same story, got down to 380, rallied all the way up to 430. So that is a significant rally, talking about a 12% intraday rally. I think the cannabis names bottomed out yesterday. Just my opinion, but I, you know, I don't, I'm kind of interested in nibbling in some of these, leaning on yesterday's low. So you can see I've got a theme going on here, and it's probably counter to the overall market where everybody else seems to be buying the Pepsis and buying the defensives. I'm actually thinking about buying high beta here right now, leaning on the recent lows of the move. And this, you know, cannabis names have been completely out of favor. These obviously are not going to my long-term portfolio, like I said, because I still think competition's coming, but you know what? These things are due for a bounce, and it looked like they wanted to bounce yesterday in a terrible tape. If you get a tape that turns, I think these things are going to bounce. Momos, yep. Uh, uh, Aurora did give updates this morning on a couple of their uh, businesses, uh, Polaris okay. and some facilities under construction. So Aurora had had a headline or two that come out this morning. I don't know. I just feel like we had a washout low yesterday morning. MJ, even in the ETF, has been straight down every single day. First little candle where he actually closed, I believe, green. Did you close green on MJ yesterday? I believe he did. That terrible tape, he closed green. So and something to think about. Just something to think about. If I was short these things, I'd cover. My opinion. Wow, that MJ, what a, whew. What Dog. A down from 25 bucks. We call, we've been all over this trip. I mean, we get some right, we get some wrong. I've been bearish these pot stocks for three months. Now and you're you know what? They've lost 50% here, some of them, in the last three months. So I would say if I was short these things, and I wish I would have just been listening to myself, shorting these things and covering, I'd be covering this morning. I'd be getting the hell out. I would have covered a long time ago because I was a scalper, yeah, blood, but exactly. if you were still in these things short, I think it's overextended here now, and I feel like there might be due for a little bit of a bounce. And uh, Dennis is just, he's talking here, so he's just talking about turns in the market, and you know he's like, making uh you know looking at the charts market sentiment and you know that's that's where most you you know that's where you really can make a lot of money is when you can catch a turn in the market and it's very hard to do if you're trying to catch the turn and you're wrong then you know it you have identifiable yeah you're, so, you're giving you're giving yourself so let's just set up the trade go to go to the big one that you know that everybody talks about you know canopy growth that's what kramer talks about all the time too i mean you have it to find out so we're 2175 this one yesterday's low is 2052 these things move, so you got to give yourself some wiggle room. But let's just say, you know, we have a weak tape here. You can pick this up at 20 and a half. Risk yourself, a, or 21 and a half. Risk yourself a buck and see if you can get up to 25. I like the setup. I mean, so you buy 21 and a half, you could almost get a three to one risk reward out of there. 
So, you know, up to 24 and a half. Yeah, you can get a three to one risk reward out of there. If you were to able to pick it up at 21 and a half today, takes out the low, I'm wrong, move on. I mean, that's what trading is all about is admitting you're wrong, protecting your capital and moving on. But, you know, just protecting it as much as you can. I mean, here's, you know, just a setup for you too. I had a day trade short in Walmart yesterday. Why did I do that? Was because I saw the defensive stocks start to roll over, Cokes and stuff. Walmart was trading green. I was like, I'll take a shot. I'll lean on, I'll lean on the high of the day. I leaned on it for 20 cents and I watched Walmart fall $2. So I was risking myself 20 cents. I'm actually still in part of the trade here, really? um, which is bounced. Yeah. So, I mean, you can set up these little swing day trades too, you know, and they can be, you know, just, you know, for a day or two, but you've got to have a defined risk. And I said, okay, well, if Walmart turns and starts making a new high on the day, I'm going to cover my short. I shorted at 116.37, I think. And the high of the day yesterday was 116.56. That's where it opened. So I was like looking at it and saying, okay, no, I'm sorry. I'm in the wrong handle here. I shorted at 117.36 yesterday and the high was 117.56. So I said, I'm going 20 cents, but I see Coke rolling over. And these, this is why I'm a relationship-based trader. I see Coke rolling over. I see the XLP rolling over. I see XLU. I see some defensive names rolling over. Walmart is kind of defensive. It might do it too. And here I'm looking at it, you know, three hours later and it's down two points. So there was a 20 cent risk. It's 10 to one, you know, I'm making on my risk reward there. So, cause I, I have, you know, I'm going to physically cover it if it makes a new high and it never did. So, you know, and that's old, your, your techniques there too, Joel. A lot of times the stock will, you know, high, open, will oh, be close to oh, its yeah. high of the day or its low of the day. And I would just have that in my head. I was like, you can't get back through the open. It could start to leak. And that's what it did. Uh, daily data is saying, you know, uh, and a lot of people are like, you know, yeah, fortunes are made on the short side. Well, fortunes are lost on the short side too. And, um, you know, stocks when, you know, they, you know, short squeezes and things go on. But I think one thing, just observing the markets over the years, I think the short side used to be easier, you know, it used because it, it, it would fall and fall and fall and fall and you would get bounces. But man, I mean, like S&Ps, for example, you could have a short on, you could be, you know, 30, 35 handles into it, you know, and you think you have a comfortable stop, but, you know, I mean, if they could move 10, 15 handles, you know, on you. So yeah, there is, I just think this, you know, like when it's going up and that's why it's a little harder to trade the long side for me, because it's just, it goes up and then it pauses, then it goes up, then it pauses, then it goes up, then it pauses. Whereas, you know, these downstrokes, you get the violent break, but man, oh man, if you're not buying on the way down, when these things turn, you know, you just look. You can give it all back really quickly yeah. too. Yeah. It's just, it's frustrating. It, it, it is. It's been this environment too, Joel. Let's be honest here. And let's look at the S and P for the last two years. Look at the spy chart for the last two years. We've gone nowhere. We've gone nowhere in two years. You know, we've, we've, we've went places, but where <laughs> we were, if we go back to 2017, look where we were in, and, 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 this is a good point. Let's look where we were, and I'm just trying to grab it in the beginning of 2018. So, you know, you were going back, you know, almost two years. We were right there, 286. We made a high 286. Look where we are. We're 287. So here we are two years. We've went down. We've went up. We went down. We've went up. The contrarian has been making money in the last two years in the overall S&Ps. The momentum traders, you know, yes, there's a little, it depends on your time frame, I guess. But it's been a choppy, choppy market. We went straight up from 2013 to 2017. And then we stalled out at the end of 2017. And we've been consolidating here for a couple of years. Is it consolidation to go lower? Is it consolidation to go higher? That is still to be determined. 
you know, the SPY is trying to top out at 300. It's tried multiple times. It can't seem to get up over there. So maybe this is going to be, you know, different. And maybe we are going to start to continue to, to go down. We don't know that yet. But right now, I'll just say it has not paid to short, you know, the market when we've lost 1,000 points in two days. It has not paid to buy the market when we're rally 1,000 points in two days. That has not been the play. It has more been the play to fade moves. And that's why I'm coming in here today and saying that some of these Momo names that were really hot in August didn't go down yesterday. And that's a little bit of a tell. All market is, is trying to read the tea leaves, you know, read the hand that it's giving you. And, and, and they play with an open hand sometimes and say, hey, you know, what am I seeing here? Well, I'm seeing some relative strength in the momentum stocks. Those are the ones that I'm going to want to be long if the market turns. That's what about all. the brokers? What about the brokers? We can't touch them. I mean, we're still having to stop going down on those things. So, you know, could they turn? Could they have a bounce, a 10% bounce in a hurry? They could. But you know how many people are caught in these things? They're, they're broken. I mean, Ameritrade and ETFC, and again, ETFC matched last night, so they're going to go too. I mean, these are temporarily broken. Could they pause? Could they rally two, three bucks? Yeah, I mean, Ameritrade, you know, just lost 13 points, 30% in two days. Could it rally 10% the next few days? It could. But am I going to try to call that bottom? No, there's the risk. How do I even manage that? I mean, you could go, okay, I'm going to lean on yesterday's low, which could get taken out in seconds. So there's no, you know, there's no, no like consolidation period like a Roku where it stopped going down for five, six days now. I mean, Ameritrade, um, it's, there's still people who are figuring out what does this mean? The digestion period is really still happening. You know, what does this mean for them going forward when you lose a big chunk of your revenue stream? It's scary to be long those stocks right now. And, and credit to Wells Fargo for coming out with the downgrade a whole two days later. I guess. Thank you. I, That's I late the, to the party. I guess the analyst was sick yesterday. I don't really know, or the day before. But uh, late okay. to the party. Imbalances? Did uh, Did you cover any? Imbalances, Dennis. Uh, let's go take a look. All small. Okay. And yesterday the trade did not work. I thought you know the, some of those buy imbalances, but they did start to come in with the sells at the end there. So if they're so small, it's not even worth really mentioning. I see Mo forty three thousand to sell, Johnson Johnson thirty two thousand to sell. So I see a few there, but it, they're they're small, Joel. If you want a, a replay of the uh, Beyond Meat move, uh, you're getting to down near the area where it was before that news came out. You had a gap at one forty two ninety. You filled that a couple days ago when you went to one. 4110. You actually filled that yesterday. So I know we were very skeptical. Where is Beyond Meat? Beyond Meat. Uh, yeah, we got that one right too. 142.84. All right, Spencer, you want to wrap things up? Sure thing. Uh, if you missed any part of our show today, or you want to catch any previous show, our full archives are available on our podcast or on youtube.com slash TV. I want to thank our guest, Mark Chaikin. Thank you, all of you in our chats, both on YouTube and premarket.benzinga.com. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes only, not for investing or trading advice. Questions, comments, concerns, email us, premarket at Benzinga. Dot com. I want to thank you again for listening. We'll be back with you folks on Friday. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.